You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 136, Moana. Let the man tears flow. For all the links and information about this and any other episode of the Animation Addicts Podcast, check out rotoscopers.com. It's the community and the one-stop shop for all things in the animation world. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast. Woo! We are the Rotoscopers. My name is Chelsea Robson. Welcome. This is the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. We are excited to have you here today. My name is Chelsea Robson. Once again, I already said that, but hey, we just keep going. Um, and today I have two amazing co-pilots on this flight to the North or to the South Pacific. We got the one and only Roto Rider, Pablo Ruiz. Everyone say hi, hi. everyone. <laughs> and newcomer to the show, Ryan Pareto. Here I am. This is, this is the sound of one man peaking in life because it's all downhill from here. <laughs> See, Ryan. Uh, oh, man. Ryan's put in some great, um, great voicemails in the past. And um, I just thought he would be a great addition to our show today. So. Are we excited or what? I'm excited. Yes. It's my first Disney podcast. That's right. <laughs> See, yep. Pablo is normally the guy who we bring on for all the all the Pixar stuff. But everybody knows, if they know Pablo, that Pablo is well-versed in all of his Disney facts. I yes. mean, his favorite Disney movie. What What is your favorite Disney movie, Pablo? Well, Anastasia doesn't even count. It's so good, right? <laughs> it, but, you're right. <laughs> like... They're so good, all of them. Lion all King, Tangle. That's probably my two, like traditional animation and CGI. That's my favorite, probably. Awesome, awesome. Well, yeah. yeah, so we're glad to have you on this this Disney podcast. Yay. Thank you. I'm very excited. So this is how today is going to go, if this is your very first time that you are joining us. Basically, we normally have our other two, my other two co-hosts is Morgan Stradling and Mason Smith. They are both off for personal reasons. Um, congratulations once again to Morgan, who just had baby Graham. So Aww, she's taking some so time off with that one. And so it's just, we're really excited for her. And then Mason also has a bunch of personal things that he's got going on as far as school and whatnot. So we're giving him some space. <laughs> <laughs> but we miss him. We miss both of them so much. But we are going to have a great time today. So basically... The Animation Addicts podcast is really just a group of friends who get together, talk about a random or a new animated film that maybe just came out or that came out long ago. And we do a lot of rants. We do a lot of just random, like, sit on the couch and just nerd out. I mean, everybody's got to have their thing that they nerd out on. This is ours. So, and next, the thing is, because this is Ryan's first time on the podcast, we have... Something of a, this is a, a tradition that we do with all the newcomers. This is called Catch and Fire. Well then, how about a quick round of Catch and Fire? Catch and Fire? You mean me? You're the only one with enough courage. Ryan, you, you know what Catch and Fire is, right? Oh, yes. The hazing process. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
I, I can see like that, that fear in his eyes. Like, oh, so basically in order for everybody else to get to know the new people on the show, we do what is called Catch and Fire, which is a quote off of one of my favorite films. Um, see, this is the Swan Princess. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was telling them earlier that it's like sometimes when you go live, you're just like, oh, wow, that is blank right there. But no. Uh, the Swan Princess, so catch and fire. And so what it is, is a basic, a bunch of rapid fire questions that I'm going to be asking Ryan, and he's going to be basically saying the very first thing that comes to his mind. And this is how you all get to know him. So are you ready? I am ready. I'm so excited. All right. What is the first animated movie you remember seeing? Uh, the, what's the one with the little foot? The never ending star. No. What's the one with the little foot? Land Before Time. Yeah. That trauma. Favorite, <laughs> favorite cartoon growing up? Rugrats, definitely. Okay. Favorite animated movie? Uh, I mean, I don't like to pick favorites. <laughs> Rapid say, fire, Ryan. Rapid fire. Uh, Wally. <laughs> okay. Um, who's your favorite animator slash artist? I will have to say, not to any part, but John Lasseter, he has turned some things around for Disney, and I have to give him some props over that. All right. So are you going for classic animation or CGI? I very recently have gone to CGI. Really? I have been converted. I'm one of the converted. Okay. 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 <laughs> What is your favorite animation studio? This is no judging, Pablo. Uh, Pixar. <laughs> As of now. Alright. Um, are you going to go for Leica or Studio Ghibli? Oh, which... If they're hanging off a cliff, I'd have to save Leica. <laughs> okay. Um, are we going to go for Disneyland or Disney World? Disneyland. Okay. Heroes or villains? Heroes. All right. Mickey, Donald, or Goofy? I am very partial to the love child of uh, Walt Disney, so Mickey. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. What was another funny one? Um, favorite obscure animated character? <gasps> I adore Hey Hey right now, and that is the first thing that popped in my head. So. Okay. <laughs> He will be very obscure for or no, he won't oh, be obscure okay. for a while. Yeah. Songs or no songs in animated films. Oh man. I have to go songs because I wouldn't want to live without them. <laughs> there you go. All right, now and this is the most important and final question. Which would you rather watch? Return of Jafar or Norm of the North? Oh, I it's like that question got easier over the years because it's so Jafar. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, true it's true <laughs> well before it was okay here how about this one hunchback 2 or cinderella 2 i would go for cinderella because they are pretty mean to that boy just because he's a little bit under the rating barrier there <laughs> oh man all of those are a horrible fate <laughs> yeah <laughs> but everyone say yay ryan passed i made it yay you did made it, it through. <laughs> 52 out of 52 well done all right well today for everybody who has been waiting so patiently we are going to be talking about 
the one, the only, the newest Disney animated film, Moana. So first from Box Office Mojo, IMDb, Wikipedia, and all those other fun, you know, internet sites, the studio is Walt Disney Animation Studios. It was directed, well, at least the major directors were John Clements and John Musker, Ron Clements and John Musker, sorry. Um, There were two other uh, co-directors with that as well, but um, those were the main two that kind of set the standard, I guess. Release date was November 23rd, 2016. The budget was estimated at about $150 million. Um, and the box office opening weekend, so this is just, it came out a little less than two weeks ago, right? Um, so opening weekend, it slayed the Fantastic Beasts, the, the new Harry Potter film, and it <laughs> brought in about um, $56.6 million domestically. Um, and then Box Office Mojo saying that at the time of this recording, it is about at $89.5 million domestic and over $100 million worldwide. For your first week in business, not too shabby. Doing well. Doing quite well. That's, yeah, that's, that's really good. I know. Um, I don't know. Do you guys think that it will, that it will take the place of Frozen as far as? Because I've heard a lot of people say it's better than Frozen. No, I wouldn't. I don't compare the two, but yeah, I've heard yeah. some people. Oh my gosh, I liked it better than Frozen. I, I, I can see that, but I don't think it will outgross uh, Frozen in the box office. Yeah. Like that was just I would insane. Have to, yeah, I would have to agree with Pablo there because that thing hit at just the right moment. It had just the right songs it, during the season. It, it's a very winter oriented. I don't think that could ever. It will be eventually because raising ticket prices. But I, that is just, even though it's not a perfect film, it hit in the perfect way. Yeah. Although, to be fair, I'm seeing Moana tomorrow for the third time, and I only saw Frozen in theaters. So. Well, there you go. Okay, if you supplement all of Pablo's ticket prices, <laughs> it might crack that. I will make the difference. <laughs> Pablo will make sure. I'm sure Disney thanks you for that, Pablo. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, Very loyal. Yeah. Well, going into this film, what are some of the thoughts and feelings that you had about it? So we'll start with Pablo. Uh, Well, I went into the movie with very high expectations because the trailers look beautiful. Uh, The music was by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who I adore and admire. Uh, And by the time I went, I had been listening to the soundtrack for a couple of days on a constant loop. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. And then I'm happy to say it met all those expectations. How about you, Ryan? I, like Pablo, went in there with some lofty expectations. Uh, Lin-Manuel, first off, he, I, if there wasn't one more thing they could add to get me excited for this, it was Lin-Manuel. And I know he wasn't the yeah. only one to work on it, but I was, after... After In the Heights, after Hamilton, I was so jazzed about the score. I was so jazzed about what he would uh, create vocally. 
And he really does bring the, a total different aspect. His style oh, is so yeah, different. He does. Yeah, he's so play, he's so playful with his rhythm. He's so playful with his rhyming. And for like a songwriter, you can totally hear his voice, in, and not just literally, but you could hear his methodology of writing songs in the songs. And so, if you enjoy his work already, you're going to have a great time. But yes. I, I'm and now in my older age, I'm very much tied to the Polynesian Islands. I'm very much tied to Hawaii. And so they so perfectly picked a topic that I was related to. And I was like, oh, my gosh, they're sharing this culture I'm already in love with. And like now that I'm tied to these islands, I get that there's a part of it that will share with the world. And so when it started coming out, I adored seeing every little trailer, every little thing. And then as soon as the soundtrack, well, actually, Pablo props to him. And I used the Amazon <laughs> rotoscoper uh, uh, thing. Uh, I purchased the I purchased the soundtrack after it, and then I brought watched the movie because I wanted to go in very clean about it. And I was blown away by everything. And all in all, I too, my expectations were met, if not exceeded. Nice, nice for sure. What about you, Chelsea? All right, so. Because of the rotoscopers, I've had a long history with this one. Um, not quite as long as what we'd had with Frozen. If you remember anything about our Frozen days, uh, <laughs> we were extremely uh, active. We <laughs> worked hard on that. <laughs> um, and we, because of our activity levels on that film, we also had a lot of people were coming at us and like giving us information about other films. And now this is like things that um, people that didn't work for the studio, but that somehow along the way ended up with information and they like wanted to give us this information. And so I, I thought it would be interesting to go through a couple of the plot points that were prior to yes. this. Are you guys excited? That I'm sounds excited. super interesting. <laughs> so prior to their you know excursions and research, they had a lot of different changes that were made because of that. I mean, the story itself, it seems to be pretty similar. Obviously, it's Polynesian islands and a lot of wayfaring and, and um, wayfaring. Is that the right word? I believe so. Wayfinding. Wayfinding. Yeah. Wayfinding. Um, yeah. <laughs> wayfaring. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so they had, I'll go through. First off, she had six older brothers. Oh, wow. So that is something that was changed very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> And her, apparently her personality was kind of that of like what Anna from uh, or Anna from Frozen, her personality, which is like very like chipper and just kind of quirky. And, you know, um, so you look at her personality, which is still kind of the same. But I, I believe that her her voice actress brought a different level for sure than what Kristen Bell brought to Anna. Yeah. Um, but she she would talk really, really fast. And she was also like a super nerd and knew everything about Maui. And this was something that she was like, I know everything. One of those people that I, just, I know this and I know that. And um, like us. Yeah. <laughs> just basically like us. Um, and her dad's dream was to restore the, the navigation and the wayfinding culture to the, to the islands because prior to him is when they, um, went away. And then, um, so that was his dream. And then the mother, she had been, or at least wanted to be a navigator herself when she was young, but then put those dreams aside, 
when she wanted to raise a family. So she was very, she, she knows that um, Moana wanted to be a navigator. And so she was all pro for it. But at the same time, she was, um, she, it was kind of like a, you didn't, you can go and do what I never got to do type of thing. While her dad still had a bit of the, um, a bit of the attitude of, no, I don't think so. I'm just going to be, um, yeah, you're not going to get on a boat. (laughs) It's just for the boys type of a thing. Um, and then, so, um, she had six older brothers, but only, we only knew really anything about two of them. One is the oldest brother and he was like this old teddy bear type and he was just, just very like the nicest big brother ever and believed in her dreams and it was probably something to where like he would be the one out there trying to help her and being like, you can do it, you know. Um, but then another brother, I'm not sure if it was, it was a younger brother, but I'm not sure if it was the youngest brother or the next younger brother. Um, he was like the antagonist of with her, like socially in her, in her family, like always teasing, always trying to get the, trying to like, poke and prod and just like get under her nerves, get under her skin. Um, so that was where... That all came from. Oh, the the pig was still in this film. The pig was belonged to the eldest brother, so the big teddy bear type guy. Um, so Very that's adorable pig. pig. Right. Didn't, so, didn't survive too much in the actual movie because that was the one thing. I was, <laughs> false advertising. Where's Pua? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's that's kind of. I think he had a lot more to do with the original film than he did in the end. But you know, whatever, it worked out. Um, He's a survivor from previous drafts. Right. Hey, hey, was there as well. Hey, hey, was a chicken uh, that instead of being just a dumb chicken, like he was actually had, he was not dumb. Like he was kind of there and kind of one of those, you know, kind of like an Abu type thing, I guess. Um, And then um, Maui, he was obviously in there. He didn't really change. And then you had a couple other demigods, Moki Moki, who was also in there. He's the one out of the out of the coconut shells. Um, but his personality was totally different. He was like this insecure chatterbox, kind of a gossip, kind of, but kind of one of those other um, sidekicks, I guess, to Maui, as opposed to you know where they actually came and <laughs> you see him on the boat and come after him. Um, so that's an interesting little change. And then Tepo, which is the island demigod, she was there, but she was a lot more of the antagonist. Like, she was kind of more angry at the fact that, I mean, she kind of was um, in her dual version of herself, um, but she was the more, she was, like, actively an antagonist. Does that make sense? Yep. And then, let's see what else. Um, oh, yeah. So the dad and the brothers, they go on this navigational trip and they end up getting lost. And to save them, that is how uh, Moana sets out on her own and runs into Maui along the way in order to save her brothers. So oh. that was one of those um, differences. So they also, another difference is when they were first starting this, I know that um, I just remember when we were all like so excited because oh, Ron and John had this secret secret project that they weren't telling anybody about um if you go back to some of our earlier episodes you'll be able to see hear us talking about that but they actually there was talk about them doing a little bit of a paper man type feel with the art with this which can we just take a moment to think about how how cool that would have been oh yeah yeah 
that would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting for a whole movie with that look. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be so great. So those are some of the basic information. Um, and at that time, this was before they moved it up. At that time, they actually weren't going to let it out until 2018. So that was, it was a, a long time in the, in the box, but then it got moved up and moved around. And so I'm glad it came out now instead of 2018. That would have been sad. Yes. But. <laughs> I totally so, love hearing about that kind of stuff because it you get <laughs> it takes such courage to stop what you're already going on, rewrite, reformat. I mean, I know Brave was very similar in that. I know Pixar, but how they had to rewrite a whole portion of it. I know Wally too. It was like they had entire animated sections that they completely cut out, and to hear like how mm-hmm. stories develop is always very interesting. Although you probably just ruined a greater portion of the DVD extras. (laughs) (laughs) Even Zootopia, right? Zootopia was about Nick at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Like two years ago, they changed that. That's a huge change. And it turned out so well. So good. I really did. And those are the, I I thought that was super interesting. Um, But also going in, letting you know that that is. That's a very long answer to your very short, the very short question of what were my first thoughts going into this film? (laughs) I I had known all of that information prior and I just decided after that point that I wasn't going to get into it as much as I had with other movies because I really did want to come into this a little more clean. Um, But I did when I did go into this, it was it was beautiful. I mean, I, I had high expectations for sure. Um, with all the names connected to it and everything. But I, I I guess I still try to go into most movies just kind of like a even keeled, I guess, just in hoping that it'll, you know, raise me up even more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's that's my question. <laughs> but I just thought it was so interesting. I, I like how you said that it, it does take so much guts to go back and change all of that. So like I said, this was probably all prior to their research trip, which can I just say, holy moly? That was a lot of research that they went in for this. Like, I I was reading about it, and it's so interesting uh, how much research they did, uh, all the people they talked to, all the islands they visited. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely fell in love with that culture. Like, I had no connections to it, really. But now I'm, like, doing research every day. (laughs) I think that's, that's really good. Like, during one of the interviews I was reading, I read a quote by Clemens, uh, he was talking to an elder on the island of Moorea. And the elder said, like, for years we have been swallowed by your culture. This one time, can you be swallowed by or- ours? And I think they totally did. Like, you can just feel every frame of the movie is just, like, full of the culture, full of the the energy of those people. And I I just loved it so much. Oh, yeah. And when you're just talking about to the same point echoing some of your same points uh how there was so much respect they put in to researching they wanted they had that little council made of people make sure they get every little part right and respectful and i when people show that kind of thing it, it's it's a tricky business when you're taking when you're appropriating an entire uh culture because you run the risk of it being insensitive in some areas but i think they did the best that you could have and i'm sure it wasn't too bad that they had to research places like hawaii and other beautiful polynesian islands i imagine right. <laughs> why don't we put our film in some place we want a vacation 
(laughs) Every time I hear about research, I just remember uh, Lee Oncrief talking about Toy Story 3. And he's like, well, the people in Ratatouille went to Paris and had dinner in a bunch of five-star restaurants. Uh, (laughs) The people in Nap went to like Venezuela to the Tepui. We went to a garbage dump. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, man. Yes. uh, Fantastic. (laughs) Uh, I thought it was really cool how they, what they ended up doing is they had a group of, of people that were called the, um, something, the trust. Um, Basically it was just this group of, of people that were experts in something that had to do with Polynesian culture in dance in music in culture, as far as like different islands um, at universities, language, and they they had this all this trust of people that they would always go back to uh, anytime that they would make any major changes or even small changes too. They would always go to them and say, "Hey, how can we make this better? How can we make this more um, more authentic?" And I I thought that was super cool because I mean there is a risk that you have when you are relying too much on facts, I guess. So there is something to that, um, why it would be kind of dangerous, but at the same, as far as like storytelling wise, but I, I do think that they, they played the game well enough because of the fact that it is just a, it's a make-believe story anyway, just based in a, in a real place. Yeah. I think they did that perfectly, like balance the real with the, with the fiction because Mm -hmm. it is a movie. Like when yeah. things are based on real stories and stuff and people complain that they're different than real life, it's like it's a movie. You have to change you have to change it to make it dramatic. But I felt this movie was the perfect example of like do all the research you can, like make it sure every frame has like a detail that is true and it shows like you, you can just feel that they know what they're talking about, but mm-hmm. they still had fun and they did what was best for the story. Yeah. I thought so too. Um, one other cool thing that I thought was awesome is they actually did an entire movie, um, where the animation and everything was timed to the Fijian language. So the entire language was used and the, the movie itself was, was in, in Fijian, which, which that's so expensive to do. (laughs) (laughs) So interesting. I thought that was super awesome. And, And I know that they, um, really appreciated that because now that they have, uh, that was one of the the requests that they had is like, Hey, can you do this so that we can have, we can kind of perpetuate our own culture within our own people and have something that our kids can be super excited about. Um, that's also going to be in their language so that the language itself can be excited for people to speak yeah. it. I did not know that. That's great. Yeah, that's 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 the kind of thing that excites me about animation. Because I think more so than any other medium in entertainment, animation allows you to approach certain things and make them. No, they make them approachable. And I don't mm-hmm. know why that is, but you're able to do that. And sometimes it's not used. Like my the way this could have gone bad was I always think of like Song of the South. Disney back in the day tried his very hardest to talk with uh, black authors and screenplay writers and whatever industries were at the time. And he was trying to make it as culturally sensitive as it was, but 
this is the way to do it right, where you make sure <laughs> it we is all know how that turned yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Song of the South. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, this was this was perfect, and what a gorgeous movie, visually oh, yeah. speaking, too. Yeah, you could like, get lost in Moana's hair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the hair. Oh, what about the hair? I'm gonna go frame by frame when I get the Blu-ray of that, just to say, "Wow!" <laughs> yeah, it's, there were so many it. sequences I loved, like when she walks into the ocean as a kid, oh, just, yeah. and she sees like all the fish and the turtle, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is astonishing! This is amazing!" How far we've come from 2D animation, where. It looks photorealistic, and I know, like, you're in a water-based movie. You're going to want that. Just thinking about how much of the movie is she is surrounded by water. They had to yeah. make it look amazing. And that's yeah. that's probably the, the best showcase of it. Also, when she first meets Maui, and she, like, gets catapulted through the water. But, yeah. Well, the, the water itself was probably the, the hardest character. Because it, yeah. it was not only the atmosphere um, and uh, an integral part of the film, but it also was a character itself. So it had to, you know, look and move like a saw puppet to be able to like um, respond to her. I thought that was super cool. Very yeah. neat. And it shows how, how much effort they had to put into that. Cause if, that was me. I would just like hit, throw the rock out every so often. That's it. You don't need that extra stuff. <laughs> uh, I can just imagine going back in time like 10 years and being like hey let's make a movie like just set in the ocean about like two people with long hair and they'd be like no no what are you saying <laughs> yeah and now they so who who knows what we'll do in ten, what we'll be getting from Disney in 10 years you just go oh, through yeah. the timeline of movies that have come out like you go to Toy Story 1 and then to Toy Story 2 and you see that jump where it's crazy yeah. yep. or the last I, and this is might give me some haters right now, but the last movie uh, that Pixar produced that looked like they were still plastic was, I think monsters Inc. And you go back and that movie looks crazy low quality compared to today's standards. Yeah. Especially to yeah. monsters university. You're like, Oh, oh yeah. Here's how the medi- the medium has evolved. Did you guys even try on that first one? Cause it seems <laughs> yeah oh so good well okay let's just get it out of the way what is our favorite thing about this movie the music the music yes (laughs) just right away oh my let's just get it out of the way let's start it off all right so um were you guys you guys were all new about hamilton or you know had known about lin-manuel what were some of your going in just speaking of him well, I discovered Hamilton, I think, earlier this year, around January. And then until, like, March, I didn't hear any other music. It was just <laughs> Hamilton in a loop. And then I started hearing In the Heights, and then it was that in a loop for a while. Uh, I absolutely fell in love with this guy who is an absolute genius, in my opinion. Uh, and then I was researching on him, obviously, because I was like, what else has he done? What? And then I was like, oh, he's the one doing the music for Moana. What? I'm even more excited for that movie now. Because when I first researched Moana, I was like, okay, music by Lin-Manuel I don't know who that is. But then it was just so exciting when I realized he was doing the music for a Disney movie. 
And then the more I researched, the more I realized that he loves Disney as much as we do. Yeah. <laughs> like he, in my soundtrack review, I included a quote from him where he's like, when, when Under the Sea starts playing in The Little Mermaid, my life changed. And he says that that movie is the reason he got into musical theater. And his son's name is Sebastian, in part because of Sebastian from The Little Mermaid, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I just loved it. That is it. really cool. I was just watching the movie, and then the first song started, and I was like, I'm seeing a new Disney movie, <laughs> and this is a new song. I'm so excited. Just uh, so great. Yeah, so I, I always thought it was kind of interesting how, like, in Frozen, they were doing with... Um, Robert and uh, Christian Anderson Lopez. And I was like really interested the fact that they switched over to, because everybody was thinking that he would go in and I was thinking that he would be the one um, to do Moana as well. But obviously that wasn't the case. Um, And then he was, he, they told that he's going to be doing gigantic, which is coming out later. But I was very interested in to see the style differences because there, I don't think there really, there is any anybody out there like Lynn Manuel, Lynn Manuel Miranda, just because oh, of, of how he, like, you, I love how you are saying earlier, you can really hear him, not just like his voice, like actual literal voice, but his, 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 his style, writing style, his, his style his is like, yes, <laughs> this is, this is him. <laughs> um, and like, it's just, I find that really refreshing to be able to have, to know your style so well that people just know it's you. And that's something that is just really cool. So I thought it was first going into, I was like, what's the difference going to be? Obviously it's going to be a very different film with Lin-Manuel Miranda in there. Yeah. Um, I I remember hearing the soundtrack for the first time. I had seen that little clip from your welcome day release. And I was, I already knew it by heart, but then I heard (laughs) the song. And then when, when Maui starts like rapping, I was like, Oh my God, I love you even more now. Uh, yeah i i was much the same as you guys again echoing what you guys say but when i he did a grammy performance for in the heights and that's where my first introduction to lin-manuel and then i saw the white house performance of what would become the opening number to uh hamilton and i when hamilton's cd came out that's been in the car that's been on my ipod that's been in everything rotating it and when i found out again when i found out he was going to be writing the music for moana i was thrilled not unlike now i i'm so hyped for him i'm like excited for the little mermaid remake and i was not i I do not like remakes but i'm so (laughs) excited for that now um, well, I'm also the Mary Poppins sequel. Oh, I was yeah. like, what a terrible idea. Lin-Manuel what Miranda a terrible idea. Oh, I'm in. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Oh. Here's my <laughs> money. <laughs> what a terrible idea. He needs to be. They, Disney needs. They are so lucky because I know he got the part before Hamilton even came out. The popularity of Hamilton had not yet hit. And they were yeah. able to integrate him in with everything that's coming through and his love. You could tell he loves in all the internet videos on YouTube. You could tell he loves what he's doing. And that is so fantastic to see. Cause in, and like Pablo was saying, you could hear some of the same rapping patterns he has that are so equivalent to someone like Biggie or Nas and hip hop. And, uh, back to the soundtrack that Pablo sold to me, uh, 
there's some outtakes, some amazing outtakes. Oh, so and, good. Um, hip hop versions of the songs on the thing. And some of the, some of the audio is raw. Some of the songs are actual songs that didn't even actually make it in to the movie. And you see why like the narrative evolved and they had to cut stuff out when you're listening to it. But it is amazing to listen to. I almost think one of the songs will be just as popular. And when I heard your welcome, I will know it will never hit the height of let it go. But when your welcome came, I was like, Disney has it. Disney has the, yeah. the ability to take a song and they they either take a colloquialism or just a common phrase and they create a song around it. And then that becomes the bane of parents existence until that movie loses popularity. And, th- and of my friends too. <laughs> yeah. How often does that get? It's, it can't come up as often as let it go. Cause that's like a big sarcastic, let it go, but you're welcome. How snarky and sarcastic even that is like, that's so yeah. perfect. And I uh, adore Lin-Manuel and I will follow that guy to the end. Oh, me too. I'm just hoping that he makes a Disney princess musical where the princess is Latina. Like that's my lifelong I- dream. And, and now they have him involved <laughs> with Disney, so please just make it happen. You, you need to take Awali'i and Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Lin-Manuel and just throw them in the Disney vault and see what they create. You are not yeah, allowed to leave. Please do that. And actually, that's to your point of Aladdin Princess. Uh, another part of my huge culture is my Hispanic heritage, and that's why I'm so excited for Coco and Pixar, because it's oh, such yeah, uh, animation lets you share these parts of your culture with the world and let's seems makes them seem approachable. And I'm, I love that. I, you know how the rumors that that is a musical, if that's true, oh. I would explode. <laughs> oh, be still my aching heart. If they got yeah. <laughs> oh my. I doing a anything. musical. Yeah. Uh, I, he has the guitar. Oh. He has the guitar in that yeah. promo. I don't even want I to just, think about that. Fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! Well, yep. here's some of the, okay. So we've we've talked a little bit about your welcome, and that's the thing is, as I was watching this movie for the first time, I was going through and I was like, I knew that the song "How Far I'll Go." Um, I knew that was in there because every time that she sang it, I was like, "Oh, I like this song. This is a great song." But I like the moment that uh, "Your Welcome" came on, I couldn't remember it at all. Yeah. I was like, "No, Your Welcome" is just so beyond words yeah. catchy that you just you have a hard time singing anything else. But that being said, later on the next morning and for like the next week, every single day, I woke up singing How Far I'll Go. And it was just like, man, that's one of those songs that just gets under your skin. You're like, you don't, you don't really know it right away, but they, they put it in there enough that you're like, I'm in. I got this. And I know I'll exactly what you mean. This. Because at first I was just like, you're welcome. And I, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to learn the words to this. And yeah. it, it will be hard because of the rapping. But I yeah. will do it. And by now I have it. But I just kept waking up. Or when I got distracted, I started singing how far I'll go. And I was like, oh, it's, it's more special than I thought. <laughs> and in the movie, I yeah, loved I'm... it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I thought, I, I mean... I really loved when they first started it out and they, the very first song um, was where you are is I thought that one was just, okay. So I just watched um, trolls and in trolls, the very first opening musical, this is a musical song. It just felt very shoehorned in there, like square peg, like round 
peg in a square hole or vice versa, whatever. Um, And I just felt like that one didn't work. But this one was so, it just came together so perfectly. And I just thought, wow, this is a great opening song. And just everybody is just so pretty. And it, they did a really great job of making, of making you see, no, she wants to go out there, but they want her to stay where you are. Um, So I just thought that was I love that song. And it does so much. Like intro- it introduces the island, the grandmother, Moana's desire to explore her parents being like, no, no, stay here. It just does so much. I and mean, it's also so catchy. Like I find myself thinking, singing that one too. I really mm-hmm. like that one. I really like all of them. <laughs> it also does a really good uh, setup for showing the interconnectedness of the islands and stuff. I know there's a really good quote about, uh, the ocean does not separate our islands; it connects them, and mm-hmm. that interconnectedness of the main, the first opening number of like, oh, we need the banana leaves. They cook our meat. They we make our baskets with them. We whatever, and I'm, that is so fantastic. And uh, sorry to harp on <laughs> Manuel Miranda, but his themes and his lyrics in uh, are going throughout both of his big productions and you like you hear something at the beginning that doesn't like show up to the very end but it's like he set that up that's incredible (laughs) that's my favorite thing i see what you did there (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that was a great song and then uh what's next after that one is it how far far you'll go yeah i thought uh i'll be Cravalo did a wonderful job. Like, I loved her acting in the whole movie, but her voice is so beautiful when she sings. And I think Mm -hmm. she nailed it for this song. I was really impressed with her technique. And I'll just say that. (laughs) I was like, dang, girl, you're good. Coming from Chelsea, that's a top tier compliment. You got that good. You just turned 16? Okay. Yeah. Kind of makes yeah, you think what she... you were accomplishing at 16. <laughs> not, not like, oh, oh, I've wasted right. my life. <laughs> well, and then um, we know the way, which was so Lin-Manuel, yeah, Lin-Manuel yeah. coming in. And I love his, his voice is cool. Like, it's yeah. not one that's like. It's not spectacular, but. It's not yeah. a spectacular voice. No, but it's, uh, it's got such character yeah. that you're just, it works on. And he makes it work, you know. Yeah. He makes it work and, for him. And, and visually, that song is so beautiful. Like, when when we see them wayfinding and we see that they were explorers and Moana, you, you already know Moana, so you know what this means to her. I was so excited. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I was a little bit sad that Lin-Manuel was, like, a Phil Collins <laughs> figure where, like, he sings but he doesn't voice a character. But, you know, maybe in my Latina princess musical dream, <laughs> he can voice so someone. They'll do an animated version of him in there. That'd be yeah, awesome. maybe. Philippa Sue well, was in like there, it- though. The, uh, his wife in Hamilton. She was a really yeah. voice actress. So. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, one of the additional voices. I was like, just give her a role. Yeah. <laughs> She's a light <laughs> It doesn't have to be about Moana. <laughs> Can we just get an animated Hamilton, please? Yeah. That would be really cool, actually. Well, okay, how about Shiny? I think that's been the one that's oh, been the most, like... Divisive. I'm not sure. I love it. I would say... Let's start with Pablo. Okay, I'm excited to Pablo hear it. Pablo goes with the S. Go. Let's hear it. I absolutely loved it. 
Yeah. In fact, it's probably my favorite scene in the movie. Like, I think uh, Tamatoa still steals this show away. Uh, yeah. When he's like, are you just trying to uh, get to talk to me about myself? Because if you are, I will. <laughs> in some form. And my friend and I just looked at each other like, this is special. <laughs> uh, um, and as soon as the movie ended, my friend turned to me and she was like, that crap was amazing. Such a good commentary on the entertainment industry and how they're like, I'm so shiny. And I was like, that's genius. <laughs> Funny. Oh, it's so good. And it's Jermaine Clement from oh, Flight yeah. of the Concords and the Muppets and everything. I didn't so, know that. Yeah. Oh, I, that's awesome. Yeah, it took me a while to realize who it was, but now I love it even more. Yeah. That makes so much more sense right now. It's <laughs> right? amazing. Like, they made the such a good choice. The whole attitude that he does. Yeah. Like, yes, <laughs> that is Flight of the Concords. <laughs> yeah. My friend oh. and I just text each other lyrics from the song all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I will spark awesome. like a wealthy woman's neck. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, okay. Oh, so what about Ryan? You Ryan, oh, oh, you go. Okay, I'm of two minds. One, the scene, I've been, a slight negative at first. It seems like when you start singing, it should be on the opposite side of a smash cut, like a la Family Guy. Like, wouldn't it be funny if the crab was like really glam? Yeah. And then it would, it just hit. But I, all in all, I I adored the song. As soon as he started speaking, I was like, "It's Jermaine!" And then that comment when he's all "Pick an eye, babe, pick an eye, babe," just, just, just pick it. <laughs> I that was my biggest laugh moment. Even just the entrance when uh, Maui jumps down and goes, "I'm still falling." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so it's a, don't worry. It's a lot deeper than it looks. But uh, <laughs> when he started singing, it's like it is a glam rock thing. And then I, I later found out it was like a Lin Manuel's genius uh, tribute to David Bowie. And you so oh. when you hear that, when you go back and you hear that, that is so David Bowie's method yeah, of like is. song. And Jermaine, if you guys watch the show Fly the Concords, that uh, is themed around their song. Um, there's that one scene where Jermaine does the David Bowie through the years. He dresses up like David Bowie, oh, Ziggy right. Stardust, and it's like that could not be a more perfect choice of voice actor. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I'm totally for that one. Yeah, now that I'm going into it. Well, okay. For me, it was a negative at the beginning because I got into and I felt like it was going along, going along, and then it just like totally took a strange turn. Yeah. Like it was just a very totally different vibe, totally different um, rhythm of film. Like it was just, it was just strange. <laughs> and it's growing on me though. Like after now, especially knowing that Flat of the Concord's in there, right. I was just like, <laughs> yes, I can get behind this now. <laughs> but it's, it, at first, it was just kind of like, what did I just watch? I don't know. I was very creeped out when he, like, knocks the lights off. And then it's just, like, all oh, black light. I was like, bioluminescence. Oh, that's, that's a good line, too. Yeah. Spooky. Uh, oh, oh, she coated a rock in bioluminescence in order to work <laughs> as a distraction. Oh, crush it. Yeah. The, so good. I love the coloring and the oh, Rebel yeah. Monsters, yeah. though. Yeah. I mean, the saturation was so thick, <laughs> but so awesome. <laughs> I just feel like there's I, that could have been another reason why I was kind of like this is just so different because of the 
the whole art style, everything about the movie changed just for shiny. Yeah. Um, so I think that might've had a lot to do with my, like not warming up to it right away. Um, but like, as I'm saying, like afterward I was and listening to the song on its own. I love the song on its own. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. So good. So, so, and then we've got I Am Moana. Oh, that oh. is, that was my well, number one emotional moment. I'm going to throw it really? at Pablo because I got some stuff to say about this. But <laughs> you, you go ahead, Pablo. Well, the soundtrack came out on the Friday before the movie, I think. So I was like on my way to school and I was like, I'm listening to Moana, obviously. Uh, and I got to that song, and when she like screams, "I am Moana," I just started crying. <laughs> just, and I was like, "I hope no one is seeing me," because. And then I realized that every day I listen to the Harry Potter audiobooks, and then I cry too. So people must be used to it. But I was super emotional just listening to the song without context, and then in the movie it was even more so. Yeah. It was just so beautiful the way it starts with like her grandmother getting there in like manta ray form. Oh, and yeah. just, oh everything. Just all the tears. Bring on the waterworks. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Wait, no, I think Chelsea, Chelsea, again, I got some stuff to say about this song. So, <laughs> how about you go? I, I, apparently, I don't have as much stuff. To, I'd rather hear yours. Okay. I, I mean, mine is I, like all around good vibes. That... So I don't have like stuff to say. So, okay. go. I was so irritated pre this song because it this animation one of my only gripes with this movie so i was like okay you're gonna leave and then my brain already knows he's gonna be back for no good reason in the next scene like but that song saved that part of the movie because i would have been so irritable with that and it's just like i am shira moment where she's like (laughs) i you know moana is a character that is strong that she she doesn't even uh, outright go against what's on the island. It's not like she's trying to escape this horrible um, thing. That her her life in the kingdom. She she's actually quite good, and they show that. And when she's talking to her grandmother, when the man ray comes out of the ocean, and her grandmother's right there, and it's like like Pablo. I I cry. I would even argue I cry easier than Pablo. And I started oh. going. I, Whoa. <laughs> I I I started going then, and then you, you see because it starts off with the grandmother. And she's like, I know a girl who, you know, loves her island and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is totally communicating who this girl is. And in song form, I am Moana. It ends with I am Moana. And it has like she found her strength. And then she dives into the water and gets oh the heart of Tahiti. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is so beautiful. And you're trying at that point. I'm like sobbing. But, you know, you try to hide it. But everybody sees those those uh, tear heaves. <laughs> <laughs> and there's kids next to me and I know they know what I'm doing like mom why, why is this kid why is this kid crying like this but I got over it and yes yeah, so scene saver beautiful song completely communicated what the movie was about yeah <laughs> so good oh my gosh this is amazing <laughs> oh good times uh, and then the final song know who you are uh, good one uh, we, yeah, none of us have good. the same <laughs> amount of stories as the other. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, good. Yeah. Oh. So as far as characters go, like we had the major characters. Um, we got Moana, of course, and then you've got Maui, and you've got Grandma, and um, and then the dad, and but those are kind of the major ones. 
You yeah, know, you don't really have more than yeah, those three. There's only yeah. like really five characters. You you look at IMDb and they have a short cast list. They yeah, really uh-huh. made it. Even the credits surprised me because the credits started and it was like cast list, <laughs> six names, and then that was it. And oh, I was it's like, gone. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I love Moana. Oh, Just yeah. such an adventurer, a true Gryffindor, as I told my friend when I, we saw the movie. Uh, oh really? So are you the type that has to put everything into, into houses? <laughs> well, uh, like oh, right now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> you caught him. <laughs> uh, right now, okay. like I've, I've been listening to the audiobooks for like three months now. I'm on the seventh <laughs> one, so I'm almost done. Nice. Uh, but I'm in a very Harry Potter kind of mood. Uh, so watching the movie, she was just like taking such risks and like going against the. Uh, Kakamora and then jumping into the realm of monsters and I was like that's just such a Gryffindor thing to do like just taking stupid risks just like Harry used to do (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then I was like well if she's a Gryffindor then Maui is a Slytherin clearly just like yeah yeah and then I started I started sorting like every Disney character ever I was like no stop (laughs) concentrate on the movie (laughs) yeah Oh my gosh! Okay, uh, but, well, I mean, I'm sure you have others. Where, who else have you sorted? Well, I stopped myself, as I said, but I feel Anna from Frozen <laughs> is a Hufflepuff. Like, she's just clumsy, <laughs> but like good-hearted, and you know, uh, and I don't know. Like most of the villains, I guess, are Slytherins. Oh yeah. Well, Scar is, is obviously there... a Slytherin, for example. Yeah. Uh, but I was thinking, I can't think of a. A clear Ravenclaw, I think. Well, Belle. Now oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah she would she's be a Ravenclaw. such a Ravenclaw. But yeah, just... Yeah. Uh, if we go down this road, I will talk for hours and hours. So. <laughs> 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 All right. We'll if on. you have any sortings, just send them to me on Twitter or comment on this uh, when Chelsea yes. posts the podcast. <laughs> we can discuss it for hours and hours. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh! I really liked yeah. actually the small cast though, because they Moana. They like you said, handful of characters, but you were really able to focus on these two, and especially the pair and Moana. Like, just commenting on her design, she is my favorite princess design. Or I know she does not technically, but she's a Disney princess, and that's what counts. But she's she looks like she's capable of everything that she does in that thing. It doesn't look like she's going to get snapped in half. And she doesn't bother putting on high heels throughout the movie. So I, I really love seeing her movement. When she was diving, like Pablo said, when she dove off to catch up to Maui, you see this, like, shooting, like, she is like an eagle off that cliff. And she hits the water, and then the water helps her get to him. But... <laughs> Uh, that is fantastic. And Maui, the rock, is just playing the rock. I, I have to expect they didn't even animate him. They just put they, they superimposed the rock inside. They wear this wig, and you're just going to be yourself. They really did. And yeah. I'm okay with that. And I am definitely okay with that. Again, put him in the I, vault. I cannot <laughs> comprehend how he's so charismatic. Like, he just speaks, and I'm like, I like you so much. <laughs> well, you just read the Harry Potter books. Black magic, obviously. <laughs> I think so. That's the only answer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I had the opportunity to interview Darren Butters, who was one of the animators on, on Moana. He did a lot of work um, for Maui. He said most of the, the shots that he did were as were Maui. 
And he was just like, I have never seen or met a guy who all at the same time can be so incredibly arrogant and yet so likable. <laughs> just like, makes no sense. I, yeah, I see that with The Rock. I love reading about You're Welcome and Lin-Manuel was just like, I want to, what would be really funny to hear Dwayne Johnson singing? You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> and you just hear that and you're like, yeah, The Rock would sing that and it would be arrogant and you would still like him. And it just works he somehow. Pr- <laughs> he practically says it every time he enters a room. You're welcome. Or yeah. takes off his shirt. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah. The guy looks like a toy. He's like an action figure. It's insane. <laughs> Makes no he, sense. He does. Yeah. He does for sure. Oh, the rock. Oh, great. Yeah, but I, I, coming back to the characters, I really liked her parents that it wasn't just like the mean parents who don't want you to uh, grow. We saw that the dad had a motivation for like wanting to keep everyone on the island. And I really, really like that when Moana is about to run off, uh, she has this moment with her mother when, like, her mother is okay with it and she helps him. And they hug, and that was uh, when I first stirred up during the movie because it was just such a beautiful moment. Like, you, you think of Mulan. When she runs away, her parents are asleep. But this is just, like, her mom was okay with it. She was like, I don't want you, but you have to do it, so just go. And I was like... And she packed her that bindle of food like a hobo and sent her on her way. <laughs> so many tears. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt like the home crew were, were good. Yep. So as far as like the story with, um, as I mentioned before, the the main antagonist really before was going to be the, the, the demigod. Um, what, what was her name again? Tepo. Um, and really in, in this version, like they didn't really have an antagonist until yeah. like, the very end. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking about that with some friends too. It's kind of like, I'm sad. I miss the Disney villains. Like I do too. You, you think of Jafar and Scar and Cruella de Vil, like they were all so good. And, this and, latest... the, and the villains that are like right from the beginning. You yeah. know, I know this is the guy to oh, watch yeah. out for, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, I like that they've been trying to do different things. Like, yeah. uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Mother Gothel in Tangle, like, is yeah. a great villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, King Candy in Wrecked Ralph is a fun yeah. villain. Uh, but then after that, I just nothing. Like, Frozen has uh, hands, uh, but we don't even learn he's a villain until, like, the third act. And then this one, I actually felt we we don't even have a villain, really, because we uh-huh. only see, like, I heard so much about the lava monster, and I was like, ooh, that's going to be... But then it's, like, two short scenes, and it's just, it's like... It's a very short scene. It's yeah. basically an obstacle, not even a villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I miss Disney villains. That's that. When, when we were playing Catch and Fire at the beginning, and Ryan was, like, heroes, I was like, villains? <laughs> uh, Is there anywhere you could hang up on Ryan? Because that guy's already doing bad. Uh, not at all i will i will have to agree with pablo because there is no villain i would say and that's a hard no villain maui if anything to tell yeah maui is the closest thing to a villain i feel but he's misunderstood and i get the device Mm -hmm. of using tafiti maui stealing her heart 
And I actually really love that metaphor because like Tefiti, this goddess, very fertile, very beautiful, and she becomes an island. I think that's a fantastic scene. And then you you don't it's a big reveal at the end that Taka is Tefiti without her heart. And like uh-huh. the fact that she's lava, the love actually creates the islands, is a thing that actually adds a more surface area to the islands. And mm-hmm. I I really adored that. And it did become an obstacle. And I think that's a perfect term for it, Pablo, because it it was a chance for Moana to stand up and show like, I know who I am and I therefore know who you are because we're connected. You're the, you're the island, you're the land and you need this, you need this part that connects you to, to the earth. And then she puts in the thing, which that one shot where that is that, uh, medium shot and it's slow motion and she's walking towards Taka and it's like coming towards her, which looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, I adored that, but yeah, no villain, just a test. Yep. I mean, it, it's your, it's your normal journey film. So you always have to have a, a buddy in there. Yeah. So the, the. The personality conflicts between the two buddies, that's always going to be something to, you know, the main goal is, I guess the villain is the goal, you know, so yeah. in this, in this case, that's, there's no real antagonist. And I'm like, yeah, I do so miss those. I, I love the movie. I really do. Uh, but yeah, I would have loved, like, I just, I just want another Disney villain to like love and hate at the same time. Ursula. Oh my gosh. No, oh. yeah. Just your voice. I uh, do, and Hades. Oh, yeah. What was he like? The last great Disney villain, like after he that. Was. Yeah, I think so because after that, there's nothing that stands out really. Yeah, yeah, there really isn't. And he doesn't. I'm trying to think. He doesn't sing, but they, he does have a. If there's one thing you don't want to get steamed up, it's Hades. <laughs> he had an evil plan. Uh, yeah. oh. He ran the underworld. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, I like, miss that. Like, I want the I villain know. like that. It's really hard to do that. I, I too, miss the, the classic Disney villain, but I think it's really hard. I, entertainment does often run in trends. And when you when you want somebody that that like Scar is completely unlikable from scene one, you know that guy's bad news. His name is mm-hmm. Scar, which either he got named Scar <laughs> at some point in his life because of the thing, or they assumed he was going to be terrible. terrible his entire yeah. life. Well, he just looks different than <laughs> yeah. him. He's like orange and black, yeah, <laughs> with the green eyes. You're like, yep, that guy's bad. Yeah, but you can't, <laughs> you can't as and like I say, heroes because I find I find very. Often I can't identify with them. I think Ursula has a wonderful song in The Little Mermaid, but I do not like her. <laughs> She's a meanie. And, yeah. um, but th- I mean, there are people that like you, you, the, the likable, the grumpy lovers out there that, that can yeah. <laughs> appreciate them. But I, Mother Gothel is a, a really good example where she has a reason. She does. There is love between her and uh, I forgot her name. Tangled. Now I'm the one. Just call her Tangle. Miss Tangle. Miss Tangle. She has Rapunzel. Yeah, Rapunzel. Rapunzel. Oh my gosh. Kids, just saying your brain starts to go first. Okay. Uh, um, But yeah, she she had genuine feelings towards her and she did treat her like a daughter, even though it was very uh, a a bit abusive. But I appreciate that. So manipulative. There's a better Mm -hmm. word. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I was thinking uh, a couple of years ago when we did the villain vignettes, 
And I think I wrote about Mother Gothel, and it was just like, I love how manipulative she is. And then I was like, I can't really write about, like, the last five movies or so. There's no one there to, like, write about, which is sad, because the Disney villains are just such a staple of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's one of the few things that I wasn't super happy about. I also I also had some problems uh we were doing the Disney canon countdown, right? So we reviewed every every Disney animated movie ever. Uh, and I had to write in the last couple of weeks about Wreck-It Ralph and Zootopia, which I love both. And I rewatched them and I'm always impressed, but like those scripts are just so tight. Like every little detail is there for a reason. Everything is set up. Everything is paid off. Uh, I remember watching Wreck-It Ralph and I was like, oh, Diet Cola Mountain with Mentos. What a, what a fun throwaway gag. And then it turns like into a vital point in the ending. And it's just full of all these little like circles that open and close. And I thought Moana had none of that. Like the Kakamora show up and they, they disappear for the rest of the movie. You go into the realm of monsters and that's one scene and then that's gone uh, uh, even with like uh, the mini Maui tattoo, which we haven't talked about, he was great. Uh, when he's keeping uh, he, he's keeping uh, score with Moana and Maui, and that kind of drops out too. Uh, even the pig, like you're like, this is adorable. I'm so <laughs> happy. I'm gonna see this for the rest. Oh, he's gone. I guess. I guess he, we won't be seeing him. <laughs> so I thought that was a little weak and could have been better just because I know they can do it from Zootopia and Wreck-It Ralph where everything was just set up. And so I thought that was like, oh, it's just missing something. Like, I don't know what you guys thought. I I have very similar feelings to you that you do come, we're coming off these amazing scripts like Zootopia, although I could have done without that dancing at the end. But I, um, (laughs) Shakira, please come on. Yeah, no, I, yeah, no, she's part of my childhood too. But um, like, I, what I like about Moana is that it is a very simple, narratively driven plot. And when you're allowed to focus on something so small, get the rock, and I don't mean Dwayne Johnson, get the rock back to the island, and then you're done. It really lets you to have some uh, world building. So, like the Kakamura. which I hear is a scene that's based off of uh, Mad Max with the Luftwaffe or whatever with the, which yep. um, even the soundtrack sounds really similar to the Mad Max soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and like the realm of monsters, which it, just, they are throwaway scenes. You could almost omit them and the, the movie is the same, which is really bad telling of screenwriting. And I think what Clements and Musker did with this was play it safe with what they, they, this movie, uh, this is the negative thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to drown everybody in positivity eventually. Yep, but I'm this, the same. this movie was very derivative of all their other works. There is, be, apart from having this Polynesian princess, there was nothing new added to the Disney canon. Uh, and the, my point, like Paulo brings up the uh, the tattoos. I thought those were so reminiscent of the the vases in Hercules how they use that same dynamic of the 2d animation to like talk about narrative stuff and like kind of show lessons. Uh, you, you have this, this hero's journey you have by the numbers script writing, I felt, but that's good. 
I think that that can be it, everything has its place because everybody wants their own hero story. And it's good that we are able to play in this Polynesian culture. And with these, it's just reskinned. It seems like it's reskinned. All the, and she's more equivalent to Aladdin, I would say, than any other Disney character where she's going through it. And they have the dynamic of the genie and Aladdin. Yeah. Or, or even Phil and Hercules, because that's pretty, that's pretty similar in itself. And what, mm-hmm. after I got out of it, I was like, man, they just took up, they, it was a, uh, what's that called? I'm thinking kids bop, but that's not what it is. Uh, kids ask your parents. But, uh, greatest hits. It seemed like a greatest hits of everything they have achieved before this. And I know that sounds negative, but that's the last thing. Promise. Yeah, like, <laughs> it, it, I was a bit worried because, uh, well, it's very easy to make me cry, as we've established, and I'm sure everyone has that has heard my uh, appearance in the podcast about app knows. Uh, but I was a bit worried because I had teared up a couple of times, but I hadn't, like, fully cried. And, like, the climax happened, and Tefiti was restored, and I was like, I haven't cried. Like, I'm very worried. This is this is very worrying. And then uh, Moana's like, you should come with us. Uh, we need a master wayfinder. And he's like, they already have one. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> and then he gets the Moana tattoo. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I started crying. And then everything that happened afterward, after that just made me cry so bad. Like, yeah. she she comes back and she leaves the shell on top of the rocks. And, like, oh, yeah. she teaches her parents to, like, wayfind. And then the manta ray shows up. And I was just, like, bawling. <laughs> just, like, tears and the heaves. I was like... <laughs> And my friend next to me was just the same, and it ended, and everyone was just leaving, and we were just crying during the credits. <laughs> it was so bad, and I was like, I'm so happy. This is what I come for, for in Disney movies. <laughs> this is why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. That tattoo thing, when the, the only thing on uh, Maui's body that doesn't have to do with himself is this girl who, like, weaseled herself in his life. Oh, and I didn't even realize that. It's it no, and it's beautiful. I love stuff like that because now he's like forever. That's one of like in the in the lyrics, dude. Don't cry because you're like even just thinking is me crying. (laughs) I I so totally reflect other people's emotions and like you literally. I have tears right now just thinking about him crying and I. But but no, uh, you guys are awesome. That literally, I messed it up because I didn't just think of that. But um, I I. That that's such a fantastic thing, that, and then back to that putting the shell where she made it her own. She's gonna make her chieftainship or whatever you call it. It's her own her, tradition. Her own. Yeah, she put that up on top of the thing, and it's like that. She's the beautiful, and even though I, that song, it's like shiny. It doesn't matter what's on the outside. Inside, your grandma lied. It's best to be shiny. Um, oh, so good. Oh, I love it. I'm going to cry again tomorrow <laughs> when I see it, I'm sure. <laughs> That's what the beard's well, for, to soak up all the tears, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, we've gone through basically everything. Is there any last-minute things that anybody wants to say? Last things um, we didn't cover? I guess we didn't talk about inner workings. That was fun. Oh, yeah. That that was a really good when they, the little heart was pulling on the heartstrings and then the brain took it away and then he gave yeah. it back at the end. That was a good. That's a. I thought it was a lot of fun, but I do think it's kind of forgettable. Like I forgot yeah. about it. 
Yeah, I forgot about it too until you just said it. (laughs) I I also like how they broke the rule of threes, though, and I thought that was impressive. Very, very much in line with what you're thinking. It is forgettable, but I appreciated they broke that rule of threes with the priest saying about the badass or whatever. It's being Latin every time he dies, and then they gave it new meaning when he came through, and then like he was walking into his own grave because and he wasted his life. Yeah, his that job. was really good. And I was like, oh, that is fantastic. And then you see him get the 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 cute redhead at the beach, and that's like I, I appreciated that. <laughs> Uh, oh, also, as long as it ends with getting the cute redhead, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I w- one little thing. I I am constantly amazed by what animation can communicate, even to younger minds. Because mm-hmm. speaking about up, a very formative memory when watching it was a child sitting next to me or near me. I can't recall uh, when they have that opening sequence. Young kid, young kid, four, four years old or something. You, I hear her say, mom, she can't have babies, huh? And I'm like, they never even said that. And that is such an amazing, like that. I know that kid was probably smart, but that fact that they could communicate that. And even though what I'm about to say is not a very similar effect. When the Kakamura, uh, Trank, uh, Maui, and then she, you got to feel the tide and he pees or whatever. And the, she's like, hey, it's warm now. Every, every kid in that place busted up. And I'm like, how do they know that? They're young kids and they knew they never said he never said he beat. That's just the warm water. And it's such it communicates to that part that like joins us all that un, that unknowing <laughs> language. And I so appreciate that. And it, it's even better when it's that because I, I've always loved that when I was studying screenwriting, my teachers were always like, Give the audience what they need. Like, just tell them two and two and let them add it and say, like, four. Don't say, like, two and two or it's four. Because mm-hmm. that little moment where you figure something out that isn't explicit, you're like, oh, like, just that audience participation, it makes the movie yeah. so much better. So, like, engaging with the movie. And, yeah, it's impressive that even little kids, like, just can figure things out so quickly and it's just so much fun so what can i say except you're welcome for the islands i pulled from the sea there's no need to pray it's okay you're welcome i guess it's just my way of being me you're welcome you're welcome welcome to think of it hello rotoscopers this is alex calling in this give my review of Moana. I just saw it this morning and I really enjoyed it. This has been my favorite Disney film of the revival era so far. I liked it even better than Finding Dory earlier this year. John Musker and Ron Clements have shown that they are masters at creating, engaging, and entertaining stories, and I felt that this came full circle in Moana. My favorite aspect of the movie was probably the soundtrack, I didn't necessarily think that it ranked among Disney's best, but it was very entertaining and the songs moved moved the plot along quickly. I did notice there were two or three Easter eggs referencing previous Disney films. For example, when Maui gets his hook back for the first time, he turns into Sven from Frozen for a brief second. (laughs) And at the very end of the end credits... 
across from the MPAA certification, you can see a wood carving of Ralph from Record Ralph. Uh, I think that's everything. I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it to any Disney fan. And keep up the good work. Bye. Thanks, Alex. Very well Thanks. said, Alex. <laughs> yeah. And the after credit scene also references Sebastian from The Little Mermaid. And did you see Baymax in the Kakamoras? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. What? Yeah, no. I did no, Baymax was in there? There's a little coconut with Baymax's face painted on him. Oh, I missed nice. that. I'm going to look for that tomorrow. Very nice. All right, this one is from Jack. Hey, Roscopers. This is Jack calling from Atlanta, and I'm just giving my quick thoughts on Moana, which I just finally saw. And I got to say, it's what everyone's been saying. You have a great cast of characters. You got stunning, beautiful animation, the water, the sand, the skin. Everything looks great. And then you have the memorable music by Lynn. Manuel Miranda, just it's growing on me every second now. And the one thing that really got me curious about Moana was whether Ronan, directors Ron and John, would give us a new great villain. Uh, this new, like, second round Disney has been having has been lacking on great villains, on great villains for me. So I was wondering if they were going to bring us something as classic as Ursula, Radigan, Hades, John Silver, Dr. Facilier. And I'm kind of glad they didn't go with a main villain. So I thought that I found that really refreshing. They used a more mythical route where the character would have to overcome obstacles like the Odyssey, like the Odyssey. So that was really refreshing in my mind. But the one thing I didn't get was the coconut people. They just came out of nowhere, not really foreshadowed or mentioned after they are seen. So I didn't know what they really were. I'm not sure there were mythical monsters they would have to fight or they were actual people or who sent them. I was kind of confused, but after all, I'm just thinking maybe Ron John just won a Mad Max sequence and it would just be pretty cool. And it was cool. But overall, I think I'd probably get four and a half, maybe a five after I watch it again. So, yeah. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, that yeah. was a great summary of what we said, too. <laughs> it really was, yeah. Um, I I did think that the... I liked his comment on why the Kamakamora... That that's what they're called, right? Kakamora, yeah. <laughs> Kakamora, um, how they just kind of like came and went. And I kind of felt like all of the challenges came and went. Um, yeah. So it was more of an odyssey feel. So Even I, something I didn't mention that uh, I just... I love Maui and I love Moana, but I felt the relationship wasn't as strong as, say, uh, Nick and Judy from Zootopia or Ralph and Vanellope from Wreck-It Ralph. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's because we didn't see them, like, be friends and have adventures together, except for one scene, really. Like, they're, they're adults with each other. Then uh, Moana gives her speech to Maui. He gets... The, he can transform into the animals he wants. Then we get a montage with a fantastic song where, like, he's teaching her to wayfind and everything. And then right after that, uh, it's the first battle with the lava monster, and then Maui's gone. And you're like, but I, I haven't seen them be friends to be, like, more emotionally affected by everything. Mm -hmm. So I think that was another issue, but I still love them both. <laughs> it's like these are all just like super nit nit nitpicky things. Yeah, exactly. But, hey, 
We need um, to find something yeah, to I, talk I totally about. Get that. We have to find something to talk about here. <laughs> All right. Our next one is from Jess A. Hello, Rotoscopers. It's Jess here, sending you my thoughts on Moana. For the first third of the film, I was engrossed. The music, the island, the characters, and the potential. Ugh, all that potential. From the moment she got onto the boat for the second time and sailed past the reef, I began to lose some of my enthusiasm. The music was still great, as were the personalities. However, everything from that point became predictable. From the second I saw the swell symbol on the lava creature, I'd immediately thought, oh, was that all? That's the island, or goddess, and she turned into this because she was angry, the heart was gone? Is that it? To be honest, I don't know what I was expecting. To put it plainly, it was no big revelation. Which isn't necessarily an issue. It was just underwhelming. And I left the theatre feeling really underwhelmed. On my first viewing, I'll give this a 3.5 out of 5. Perhaps a second viewing, when it comes out on Blu-ray, will help raise that score. I'm hoping it was just, you know, I was sitting way too close to the um, to the screen in 3D. wasn't the best aspect or view. I'm hoping when it comes out, I'll have a better a better idea of it and be able to raise that score a bit more. Thanks for listening. Bye. Very yes. well, very well spoken. Let's take a moment to appreciate her accent, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to my very American ears, even Pablo, like, to my very California ears, like, even Pablo was like, what a romantic voice. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, like, so things like, what would you guess, New Zealand or Australia? Oh, um, I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't hear either super way, well. I mean, either way, it's so beautiful. Jesse, yeah. Yeah, was it? Fantastic. Jesse, yeah. You just got a voice compliment. <laughs> Thank <here>. you. <laughs> I thought, like, this... That taking that, it's it's so amazing to see how many people from all over the world are connected with rotoscopers. Yeah. Um. So, for example, Pablo, where are you calling from right now? Well, I'm in Vancouver right now, which is where I'm oh, going really? to school. But you know, I'm from Colombia, so here's a Colombian in Canada <laughs> being, recording this podcast. Exactly. Yeah. So we've got people from all over the world that tune in, and I just I think it's so amazing. So thank you for anybody. Um, if you are from outside of the U.S. or even whatever whatever part you are, if you listen to this, go to the website, rotoscopers.com slash 136 and make a comment and tell us where you are calling from or oh, where you yeah. are listening from. Because I would love to see where everybody is at. That's yeah. one of the best parts about this, whether yeah, you're in the United States or wherever part of the world you're in. I would love to hear that. So, all right. All right. The next one is going to be from Mark. Our boy, Mark. Hey, Morgan, Mason, and Chelsea. It's Mark from Orlando. How are you guys doing? I know it's been a long time since I've called. So I'm just calling. Uh, basically, I just want to say congratulations to Morgan on her new baby. And the question I have is regarding something along those lines. But any, any one of you three can answer it. My question is, when you guys get a family of your own, if you ever get a family of your own, you can get kids, uh, what animated films would you show them at what ages? Like, for example, which would which would be the animated films that you sh- you'd show them from the beginning, and like, which would you wait until you know maybe they're older, like seven or eight, to see, or maybe until they're like in their teens to see, or how exactly would you space them out? Just wondering, wondering what you guys would say about that. Thanks. Bye. Hmm, that's a good question. So. I'll start off by saying I think I would start it at the beginning with some of them. Um, I don't know. 
Snow White is kind of hard. I just remember Snow White for me was hard to get into when I was young. Mm-hmm. Cinderella probably would be the first one that I would show my my daughter or son, probably. Yeah, no. Um <laughs> I I think that would be probably one of the first ones. And then um yeah, there's just so many. What would be the first animated film that you would show oh, your kid? Um I would you know that's a that is a very personal question. I feel no, uh, but <laughs> first off, thank you, Mark. This is a very good question. I think I, you know, from a historical point of view, I would want to have them watch everything so they can experience everything. But I think I would probably do something more recent because the movies do follow the trends. They do have color color mapping, color scheming now that like really engage people. So I mean, I would. Whatever is popular at the time, and then we'd probably work our way back. And I would force them to watch everything later on. <laughs> you have no choice. There, Congratulations. There is some stuff I'd skip, but yeah, most everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next one. Um, it looks like Pablo's computer just died. Oh, so Pablo. I'm not sure if he'll be joining us we- again. Um, but we will move on to our next one. And this is from Sydney. Hey, Rotoscopers. My name is Sydney. I'm a longtime listener, but this is actually my first time calling. Um, I actually started listening about a year ago. Oh, no. That's right. Sydney's call got, got called off, got cut off. She joined Sydney. Pablo in the great beyond. <laughs> no. <laughs> call back, Sydney. Call back. <laughs> we we want to hear from you. Sydney, I... <laughs> we need to hold a eulogy now. People are dropping left and right. They're dropping like flies. Can't even take it anymore. Oh man. Um. All right. Well. Cool. <laughs> Sydney, I hope you're back. Thank you for everybody else who has come in and and sent us your your voicemails. Glad we were able to. I'm super glad I was able to get that working. Yay! yay. <laughs> everybody say yay. Um. So I I just man, this has been such a fun episode. Ryan, yes, ma'am. thank you so much for coming. Thank um, you. I want to find out what do you rate this movie? Uh, you know, I I like like I said the negative is it is very derivative, but it, I feel like it's just like sports. It, we it's the same game, you're whether it's the football 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 nor uh americano or or <laughs> anything, the World Series, you just want your team to go to the Super Bowl or what have you. True. And when something like this comes along that is so, so representative of a culture, I I adore it. It's not perfect. I, but I, I adore it. And so I, I, I really struggled with this and I think I'm going to give it a four, a flat four stars out of five. Four. All right. Uh, or curvaceous four. Cause Moana is very <laughs> curvaceous. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So almost a 4.5, yeah. not quite. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, let's see. I'm going to go, the number four pops into my head, honestly, as far as what this movie goes. But I, I want to give it a 4.5. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just because if I, I, it's been a little bit of time since I've seen it. Um, because I, in order to do that interview with Aaron Butters, um, they made me <laughs> go to the go to one of the early early previews. It was actually before the New York screening. It was before anybody else saw. You it. poor like, thing. Sweet. 
right. <laughs> I know. So it was like a month ago that I last that I saw it originally, and I just so like right now it's coming off as like a four, but at the same time I'm like I think if I saw it again I would end up giving it a four point five. So I'm just gonna go for the four point five just because I think that I should. And if I decide to change my mind later, hey, I don't. Yeah, I'll just do that. It's not written in stone. <laughs> It's like, whose line is it anyway? The, the <laughs> points really don't matter. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, hey, Pablo really gave don't. it a six out of five. He adored the oh. movie. That's, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but honestly, if I, if I may say one thing, like, uh, thing, I, found, I feel like I found a kindred spirit in Pablo. We're cry buddies uh-huh. now. Uh, <laughs> I, I just got a, a message from Pablo. I asked him what his actual rating was, and he says, 4.5 out of 5. Absolutely loved, loved the music. But that element of things just happening and never coming back is my number one complaint yeah. I have. Um, but a great addition to the Disney family and one I'll watch countless times. Well said. And I love you, bro. I, I, I greatly admire his writing. He's always one to get a conversation going on the Rotoscoper site. And to echo your thoughts, I adore the rotoscopers website because it is such a in my personal life i cannot talk about animation we i have to talk about grown-up stuff which is boring (laughs) and lame kids don't grow up but (laughs) i but in the in this community that you guys because chelsea mason and morgan have created something so special where people get to come together and chat about things that like really have no ethereal importance but we get to talk (laughs) about villains pablo will light the internet on fire with one of his opinion pieces and we can all like pile in on him and tell him how wrong he is and i so appreciate (laughs) that and so and chelsea i again i thank you in the email but thank you so much for this opportunity it's been a lot of fun and i've adored the road scopers all the way since episode 19 and so oh man that, really that's when you joined that's, us paranorman i googled paranorman on no i it was in itunes and i put in paranorman and then there you guys were and it was just an off thing and i try i tried it and then i i i fell in love with chelsea mason and morgan and like you, we've seen them i've i like granted you don't know this because this is very one-sided but i i got to see you go i you very recently you went to the olympics you went to all that stuff which is amazing I, M- morgan has a baby now that's crazy i, know. Uh, I don't even think n- neither of them were married at that point no they weren't they were uh yeah. mason was doing i mean he's working now but he was going through the uh ASU, BYU right? BYU, yeah, BYU. And then it's like, well, I, back in the day where they never laughed at your jokes, I was there. <laughs> there, was so many, there was so many. Are they doing this on purpose? And I think there was no, a. No, they still don't laugh at my jokes. Nobody laughs at my you're, jokes. You're hilarious, by the way. But there, there's, there's, I think there was a. They might have said it, whatever, but you said something hilarious, and I'm laughing. And then they're like, oh, sorry, we were muted. I was. At the same time, guys, at the same time. No, they weren't even, yeah, they were, okay, this is on one of the best of episodes uh, I put in there. I think it was 2014, um, best of, maybe it was 2015, no, 2014. Um, yeah, that was, basically, I was telling a story about my bearskin rug, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and both of them put their, put their thing on mute for a moment because they both had to do an errand. This is before we were doing the video yeah. podcast. And so 
um, sometimes like, well, we didn't really ever see, it was all audio. So we never really saw what anybody else was doing. We were just kind of talking and for me, hoping that they're listening <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and I like say this thing and I hit the punchline. And I'm like, uh, crickets. Why are they funny? Crickets. <laughs> like I'm done. I'm yeah. done. So why not be shiny? Watch me dazzle like a diamond in the rough. Strut my stuff, my stuff is so shiny. Send your armies, but they'll never be enough. Shells are tough, Maui man. You could try, try. Thank try, you. Now this has been an amazing episode. So much fun. I'm so glad that we were all able to be it's just had a great rhythm, great fun. Um, and I hope that all of you are able to do what I said, go to the website and tell me where you're from and maybe when you started listening to us or, you know, just let's, let's, let's get all conversational. Yay. <laughs> anyway, um, if you have any questions as far as like, once again, that goes to rotoscopers.com slash 136. And then you'll also be able to, if you're going to be, you know, if you can tweet at me at also, my Twitter is Chelsea Robson. And you can do the hashtag AnimAddicts136, and you can tell me whatever you want. Um, you can also do that. Ryan, do you have a do you have a Twitter? Unfortunately, I don't. But if I were to start a, I want people to one go to the website because okay. I love talking. Go to, to the website, and then also um, Pablo also has a Twitter too. You can find him. Um, I'd have to look that up. That will also be on the website. <laughs> <laughs> um, but definitely let us know any of the questions that you have, anything, uh, voicemails. You can get us, you can either go to rotoscopers.com slash voicemails, or you can actually call us uh, using our the phone number 406-646-6575. And you guys, this has just been such an awesome, awesome time. If you happen to be listening to us on iTunes, head on over and give us a feedback review. You probably don't realize this, but this really does help. And we've been able to be, you know, showcased on it because of the reviews that we've gotten from you guys. So thank you so much for those. Um, yeah, Morgan Stradling, you can find her on Twitter. Let her know you, you missed her. Also Mason, um, you can find him on his Instagram. Um, he no longer has a Twitter. Wah, wah. <laughs> um, or you can just go to his blog at thisanimatedlife.blogspot.com. All right. Well, here is that time. We are ending it off right now. Um, stay on here because we will be choosing a, a title right after this. But I hope you guys know that we love you and we're glad to have you. Until next time. And now, Ryan, you can join in me with saying this. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We are the Rotoscopers, okay? okay. Well, I'll say <laughs> Until next time. We, we are, are the Rotoscopers. Oh, it feels so good to say that. <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda. We talked a lot about him. Hashtag put Miranda in the vault. We need to preserve that guy. <laughs> put Miranda in the vault. <laughs> that needs to trend. Run. We can't let him escape. He can't go back to theater. He needs to create for us. <laughs> Hashtag put Miranda in the vault. All right. Anybody, if you're going to be on Twitter or anything, get that to trend. Would not let me even log on. Oh. I was... I was really ticked, actually. Um, that's a strong and word. So... That, that's the 10 on the Chelsea scale. <laughs> well... <laughs> I never. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God.